Welcome to Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco. On this podcast, we take complex tech topics and break them down for the non-tech listener with your host, Ian, Kyle, and Philip. All right, it is time to break it down. Welcome to another edition of Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ian, here with my co-hosts, Kyle and Philip. How are we doing, guys? Awesome. Fantastic. It's almost the weekend. It. It's almost the weekend. Uh, and today, we got a doozy on our hands, Phil. Uh, we are going to be talking virtual reality. And Kyle, as always, I did do a little bit of research. Good. Excellent. Uh, and I'm very glad I did because I um, honestly was going to be asking you what the difference between virtual reality and I guess augmented reality yep. and artificial. There was a lot of. I, I feel like, and this was true for a lot of our segments we've done. There's a lot of blurred lines. That's right. Um, yep. So why don't we start? I guess where we always start, and you just telling us, like we're eight years old, mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah, I think um, you're, you're you're right on that. Uh, Augmented reality, mixed reality, virtual reality. So some of them get used synonymously, and they're they're clearly very different things. But uh, I think intentionally we decided to do this session as a combined uh, augmented reality and virtual reality solely for that reason, just just to help uh, draw the line between the two. But uh, you know, virtual reality is uh, it's an environment, or it's it's technology that creates an environment that the experiencer uh, is participating in that is 100% um, artificial. So you can interact with the environment in a virtual reality uh, setting in which you are emoting or feeling or sensing things that are very real, but the environment in which you're in is completely virtual or, or artificial. <laughs> Uh, we can go ahead right now and and address augmented reality, and that's that. I mean, the easy way of thinking about augmented reality is Iron Man and RoboCop. I mean, augmented reality is the person experiencing this reality is seeing the real world through a lens, but on top of real world objects are data. Uh, and you know, every every one of us has seen an Iron Man movie. I don't know if you guys are old enough to have seen RoboCop movies, but when you when you see Tony Stark inside the suit and he's seeing the real world and it has all these charts and graphs and targets and lasers popping up over his vision, that's augmented reality. He's still dealing with the real world. He's just got a lot more data about the real world. So that's the big difference between the two. Virtual, 100% artificial, except the things that you're experiencing, the, the things that your body creates that you experience. Uh, and augmented is the real world augmented with additional data on top of it. Yes. So I was right. And when I thought v, the one application of VR that I, I thought I knew I was correct. And that is the Oculus Rift technology, right. which is like the headset that you put on for yep. gaming. I thought for sure that's what you were going to say when you said, I did my research and I was going to ask, all right, well, which version of Oculus are you going to buy? It's <laughs> <laughs> um, just like our, our uh, last session on blockchain. Everybody thinks blockchain means Bitcoin. 
virtual reality, virtual reality uh, in today's consumer market means gaming headsets, which means Oculus. So that touches on the, is there a non-consumer side of this that's being used for question. military, yep. healthcare, whatever? Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of um, there, there's a bunch of really good use cases. Uh, th- this is a this is one of those technologies that um, when I knew we were prepping for the podcast, you guys were going to go. Well, how long has this been around? And I was going to go. I don't know. I mean, the '90s probably, but NASA's been creating virtual reality experiences for their astronauts for decades. So this technology's been around forever. But what you're starting to see now is um, you know, part of what makes virtual reality possible in, uh, in, in our time is the compute power that it takes to generate these virtual environments is, is pretty extensive. And so in the gaming space, the gaming compute device, the, the gaming console or the PC or the computer, that's the compute device that's handling all the rendering of images, all of the responses to sensors, et cetera. And it's just outputting data to whatever the person's wearing, the goggles or, or the haptic devices on their hands, et cetera. So the compute is off somewhere else. Um, now, as we start to move uh, into, uh, you know, um, smaller, I, I was trying to avoid saying smaller, but uh smaller compute devices, you can now wear the full experience. So you can wear goggles that also have very small computers. You've seen some that clip onto your belt and et cetera. Um, and that all the device is now unplugged from a compute device. You can actually walk into the real world to experience a virtual world. Uh, seems bonkers, but yeah, you, you could literally stand in the middle of the park and instead of interacting with humans, uh, you could you could connect to a virtual reality world uh, because the the um, technology has shrunken so much that we can now wear it. So to get to take that to answer your question, Phil, um, VR is now being used in a bunch of different industries. It's not just entertainment. Um, you know, education is is somewhat of an easy one. We've seen that in our space. Uh, where, uh, you know, students can take virtual field trips so they don't actually have to leave the school premise or leave their homes now. Um, and they could take a virtual field trip of some site. Uh, everything's virtual there, right? They're not, they're not, nobody's walking around with a camera showing them anything. They're literally experiencing a digitized version of the place that they wanted to go visit. Um, training or, or skills training is a, is a huge use case. Uh, I think you said military. That's a good example. Uh, I would say law enforcement uh, is another good example. Both of those kind of go together in the in the sense that you can put law enforcement or uh, military personnel into situations and have them train on how to respond to those situations without it being real. So it limits the the risk to the trainee. Um, it also uh, makes it uh, easy to replicate, so you can do multiple trainees at the same time in a virtual experience. And the other thing that that gains you is you can put a new trainee through a stressful situation to see how they respond without it actually being a real-world example, right? So anything with 
um, anything with law enforcement, anything with military where they're in high stress situations. Um, if you, you can only do so much with basic training, you can only do so much in a safe environment to get them ready for that. And as we see, unfortunately, um, that stress can very negatively affect an unprepared uh, law enforcement officer or, or military personnel. So that's one of the biggest benefits to deploying uh, VR in that space. Also in the training space, uh, similarly, um, is, is healthcare. So uh, surgery, for instance, you can train surgeons in a virtual environment without having to use a live patient or a cadaver uh, to give them a true kind of real world experience. Again, without the risk to the patient, without uh, you know any risk uh, to the surgeon or the person being trained. So there's all kinds of things out there that fall into that space that aren't that aren't gaming, that aren't entertainment. They tr truly are prep. Uh, I mean, that sounds like high tech operation to me, like the yep. game operation. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's right. Uh, um, if you look at augmented reality versions of that, which we're starting to see in our space here at Stansource, um, you think uh, the HoloLens, right? So you guys probably ran across that if you if you were doing research on Microsoft's HoloLens. That's augmented reality. You can see right through the glasses, but you're interacting with additional data on top of it. And that's what I think, Ian, when I think the operation game. If you use um, something like a HoloLens or a, a, a smart device or a smart lens um, to create an augmented reality experience, you can use a live patient with smart hands uh, on site with the patient, but have a, an expert, a, me a medical expert somewhere else guiding the operation, guiding the procedure, et cetera. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's a uh, uh, an interesting 2020 version of operation. Yeah. So now that I'm starting to understand this a little bit more, we are using virtual reality in some of the marketing things we're doing, such as it, and we partnered with a company called V Fairs. Yep. So props to them on the good name. Uh, in like, so we're standing up a booth booth for ISC West because ISC West is not taking place this year. So we built out our actual physical booth in a virtual realm to where partners can come in, walk through the booth and essentially have the same or uh, a replicated experience as if they would in Vegas. Yep. The, Stuff we see with like Cisco WebEx with some of the virtual backgrounds, however, are that's actually augmented reality. Yeah, and that's that's a uh, that's a good example of so somewhat augmented. It's it's more uh, that's I would say that's more mixed reality. So uh, okay, you know th this this podcast is a great opportunity to try to get geeky without being too geeky, but. In the augmented reality space, the data that you're seeing on top of the real world is is data about the objects. So again, going back to the Iron Man ex uh, example, as he's looking at someone, he gets data about the someone. It's specific to the person he's looking at. In the in the old RoboCop examples, it was hot and cold spots and whether or not they were armed and things like that. But you were all in the augmented reality space, you're getting information about the data that you're looking, or like, I'm sorry, you're getting data about the object that you're looking at. In the mixed reality world, you're just getting data. 
and that's more the the uh, the kind of the WebEx virtual background example where you've got this blend of real world and digital world, but the digital world pieces don't have anything to do with the real world. They're just sitting there. Um, yeah, uh, I got. I would say I don't know how much. Uh, we we want to. I want to talk about games too, for sure. Uh, but in augmented reality or mixed reality space, there's a million games out there now. Uh, Pokemon Go is one. Pokemon Go, yep, yep. That was so you can interact with the Pokemon in this game through what they call AR. But it's not really AR. It's mixed reality because the thing that's popped up on your screen has nothing to do with what's actually in the real world. They aren't actually interacting with the real world. So so if like a squirrel, if there was like a squirrel there when a Pokemon showed up, would that be true AR? It could be. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, if, if the Pokemon knew that the squirrel was there and tried to interact with it, yeah. I mean, Oh, I see. Okay. So that's an important differentiation then. I will say, total sidebar. I have no data to back this up. Maybe the great people at Nintendo or whoever manages Pokemon Go do. <laughs> Greenville, South Carolina has to be the number one Pokemon Go city in America. <laughs> you see people walking around with their face down in phones? Kyle, it's got to be 50% of the people downtown. Yeah. My, uh, like, my, my gym, outside of the gym, day. must be like a hot spot where there's just like groups of people all staring at their phone and all kind of walk by and peek. Yeah, they're all playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. Yeah. My kids ask every day if we can drive downtown so they can go play Pokemon. I, I imagine it's a hot spot. Yeah. So, probably, so. Have, have either of you seen the movie Ready Player One? Oh, yeah. 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 So that, that was on my list, too. Yeah. That one is, I've just recently seen it. That is. Besides the fact that it's actually a really cool movie with all the like throwback stuff in it, yep. is a real like to me because you know most of these things we talk about, I always think about well, what what would happen if someone used this the wrong way, and yep. this is that's kind of one where people just started to live in that world. That that's right, yeah. So that um, you know, big plug out there if somebody's listening to this podcast and for some reason has not read that book or watched the movie. Stop the podcast. Pause it. Go go read the book. Come back. Uh, we'll be right? here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly right, Phil. It is a great example of the use of the technology. Um, that is 100% virtual. Uh, the, the things we haven't talked about today are how virtual reality uh, interacts with the user, with the wearer, with the consumer. Um, but there's, you know, it, it, as you see in that movie or in that book, there's, uh, the, the people that are in the virtual world can experience pain. They can experience hot and cold. Like they have these really complex rigs um, that are making the human experience things that aren't actually happening. They're in this virtual world. So that is totally immersive. That's that's the big buzzword uh, that separates virtual and augmented realities is, is the word immersive. Um, but that yeah, that's a great example. And there's a whole bunch of fan fiction out there too that um, deals with the gaming worlds that has a underlying uh, theme of people leaving the real world to participate a hundred percent in the virtual world. Uh, that's a crazy odd uh, topic, but um, it's, it's, you know, it's in vogue. It's, it's what, it's what people are talking about now. If you, Look in the gaming world, uh, you know, Beat Saber is one of the ones that's so topical right now. Uh, you see that all over the place. 
social media and whatnot. And that's a virtual experience. Uh, it's like the virtual version of rock band. Um, if you I, could, if you could sign me up for not living in a virtual world, my dreams, I'd take that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I would say you're not alone. Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you this. And I think this is an ever important question and maybe it's me being dumb. Are there, because a lot of it seems consumer facing right now. Yeah. Are there real world, and we talked about, I guess the healthcare example, but real world business implications for our partners within virtual reality or even augmented reality and within the next, you know, today, tomorrow, five years down the road. Yeah. So I would say augmented reality. Yes. Immediately there's opportunities there. Uh, not just because people are, are slowly leaving their homes and entering the real world again. Um, but there are still, I mean, we're, we're a good example, right? I'm back in the office. This first podcast I've done from the office since we started, uh, you guys are still virtual or, or I'm sorry, remote. You're not virtual. You're very real. Um, <laughs> working from home. Um, but you know, if, if we were a service company where I needed to service a piece of equipment like the HVAC and you guys had the knowledge in an augmented reality world, I could literally just put on glasses that have cameras on them. So you could see what I see and we could connect and I could walk into the unit. You could tell me, nope, turn that knob, pull this thing. And I don't know anything. I'm just the smart hands. Uh, and you guys are at, with the, with the experience and the knowledge are guiding me to do things and you don't have to enter the building. You don't have to roll a truck. That's our, you know, one of our favorite terms. Um, and that's a service that you, um, for sure could charge for. And all it takes is a little bit of software and me to have the glasses and, you know, plug, we sell those glasses. So that's a very real opportunity right now for our partners to get into. And it's not a new business practice. This, this could be considered a managed service if you want to think of it that way. Uh, but for sure, the selling of those little endpoints, the little glasses that um, that customers wear so that you can see what they see uh, really big in the service world. In the virtual reality world, that's that's a little bit behind, right? So that's lagging behind. Consumers are doing all the gaming things and entertainment. And we're, we're now looking at experiencing live sporting events through virtual reality so you can watch the whole game and control your your camera angle everyone sits on the 50 yard line now uh through virtual reality like that type of use case is going to pull along the typical um use cases that our partners will run into in education and healthcare and training but that's that those aren't very prevalent yet so uh, it's coming. The, the more we can get uh, the compute onto the physical devices so that we don't, we don't have to be tethered to a compute device like a laptop or computer or gaming console. Uh, as that compute develops, you'll start to see more and more real world applications in the business world uh, with VR. All right. Very cool. So, Next question, then. It feels like there are a lot of potential security concerns with this being misused or breached or taken advantage of by bad actors. Yeah. So is that something that's a concern today or is that something that 
as it becomes more prevalent and and some of these use cases become more vetted out that is thought of or are there things in place today yeah so i i see this i see the virtual reality world as watching a super immersive movie and so the bad actors out there could uh affects the movie that you're watching, impact the virtual world that you're watching. A lot of this stuff is not used in real time and real time, especially the virtual world, because you're, if you're immersed, you're wearing a goggle that has all of your senses focused on the virtual world and not the real world around you. So yeah, by the way, when I asked this question, I was thinking specifically of Jake Gyllenhaal's character from Spider-Man Far From Home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think so. Honestly, I think the, uh, the, the thing, uh, you know, virtual reality seems cool. Uh, Lots of really interesting videos out there of people experiencing it for the first time. Um, But it is if it's done right. It is so immersive that people can lose themselves, you know, their physical selves, like lose track of whether or not they're standing or sitting in their homes, uh, trip over something. Fall, you know, this happened before. Punch, punch a TV. That's right. Yeah, before yeah. Uh, before we got totally virtual with this, and the and the Nintendo Wii came out, they they had to put disclaimers on things because people were throwing the controllers through their TVs. Uh, they were so caught up in this new experience. So yeah, well, now that you're, if you're in a virtual world and you're immersed and the only thing you can see is what your goggles are showing you, uh, there's real world danger out there for you to run into, uh, physically run into. So I don't, I don't imagine, uh, you know, we're going to, we're anywhere close to mind control and, and, uh, uh, tapping into a virtual experience and call, you know, somehow causing harm to the wearer. Like, I think we're, I think that's science fiction. I think we're a long way off from that. All right. Fair. Phil, anything else, buddy? No, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking about how I need to figure out how to play call of duty on Oculus or something. I don't think you need to do that. But I don't you know. even learn to play that. I mean, take up all my time. Instead of sitting here talking to y'all, I'd be doing that. But, um, I mean, I, I just keep thinking through the, like, the non-commercial aspect of this or non-consumer yeah. aspect. I mean, there, I just, you know, so much of what goes on in the world today, you know, training costs would get cut down. I mean, granted, you have the upfront expense of some of this stuff, but I just, there's, I mean, it, if you could put kids in virtual school, I mean, my wife's life would be a lot happier right now. <laughs> so is that a is that a real use case? Because we talked about this in uh, the Don't Change the Channel podcast. Some of the stuff with the NBA, where um, the technology they're using is, is designed actually for like auditoriums and, and classrooms. And I guess that is, in a sense, Kyle, to your point, like everyone's sitting at the fifty. That's yeah. a little bit of mixed reality, but they're probably is a use case to virtual schooling and education and all of that as well. Yeah, I think so. I think the um, amount of cost it would take to virtualize a public school um, lesson is prohibitive for deploying this type of technology in that space. Now, um, higher education, yeah, um, for sure you could. and, and you could create the, a lesson that you use 
you know, in perpetuity. It's always there. You can always log in and experience the lesson and you get to see the science experiment in real time uh, through virtual reality. So uh, I, I think so. I think the uh, I think the more immediate real world applications are, are the ones we talked about. There's you know, there's a lot of studies out there on using um uh, virtual reality in the treatment of anxiety and PTSD, like all those things are real and they're right now. And, and this type of technology uh, is helping patients in those spaces. So I see, I see those things kind of leading the charge in, uh, you know, education. Yeah. After the fact, probably, I mean, you got to keep in mind one of the benefits to virtual reality is that you're experiencing this virtual environment with all your senses. And so there's not more than a sense or two that you really need to, uh, to learn. And so it's a little overkill to have a full blown virtual environment just for a grade school lesson. Uh, but you know, chemistry class, physics class, things like that, where you need to see, hear, possibly smell, uh, the environment, uh, definitely a play. We're smelling things virtually now. Sure. Why not? <laughs> All right. So this might be my last question and I'm just trying to, again, delineate here. So like the, what is it called? There, there was a thing called like, I don't know. I hang on. Pause the show. Cut. There's a, <laughs> uh, there's a furniture store in, Massachusetts called Jordan's Furniture and they had this thing called Mom and it's like motion of the mind. It's essentially like the original IMAX. IMAX was really what I was trying to get to. Okay. Um, but it was wild that this furniture store had it. Yeah, motion odyssey machine. Interactive movie. And essentially like the last one I remember going on was like we were in it was like a similar Jurassic Park spinoff. I don't think they had the licensing, but we were in a park with dinosaurs. Oh. And when you like, you went through a waterfall and like, I really uh, went, you know, water sprayed you in the face and yep. like, you know, they shot you with, there was like mist that came out of the ceiling or whatever. Yep. And it was like your seat tilted and yeah, there was smells. So is that, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, uh, that is a truly immersive experience. The, uh, marketing wizards out there have called that 4d um because that that additional dimension seems to be the uh the experience the things like being sprayed with water or a puff of wind or whatever um it, it's a version of yeah i mean it's a, it's a version of virtual reality if you go back to my analogy earlier that it's really just a movie playing that you're um you're also experiencing with your other senses then yeah, those little enclosed video game experiences where you're a dinosaur hunter or uh, riding the Polar Express, as this example is, um, sure, that can be counted as, uh, as virtual reality. But you, in those cases, that is really you experiencing a virtual world, not interacting with it. In the video game world, sure, you're interacting, you're shooting things or driving things or whatever, and so you have control over the environment that you're uh, interacting with in the movie world, you're really just experiencing it and you can turn your head and look at different angles of the images. But uh, that's not, that's not truly virtual reality. If you can't fully interact with it. Gotcha. All right. Have you played a virtual reality game? 
Um, so, you know, how long has virtual reality been around? It's been decades, uh, a long time ago, not a long time ago, years ago, uh, somebody gave me one of those virtual reality goggles that you just slide your phone into. Uh, and it had an app on it that you could uh, kick up a couple of games. And so we sure. So in that sense, yeah, I've played virtual reality on my iPhone with uh, with these little goggles on my face. Um, I have not played anything that uses Oculus yet. And uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys that uh, enjoys the thrill rides, but also fully experiences the motion. So uh, it's a little. You might punch a TV. I'm, I might. I've, I've done, <laughs> done the new rides at Disney, and uh, I remember doing the, uh, the you know, flying the Millennium Falcon with my with my family, and it was so immersive that I had to close my eyes for a minute and uh, <laughs> get my bearings. Like, no, this isn't real. Uh, so, so I'm not in the market for a, a, a several hundred dollar uh, fully immersive set of uh, VR goggles just yet. But I'll tell you what, my 12 year old. Um, he'd push me over for one if he could. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. All right. I'm good. Phil, you good? I'm good. This is a good one. All right. Well, until next time, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, guys. Today's interview is brought to you by Cisco Security. Security is a top concern for all customers in a growing global market rich in recurring revenue. Don't just sell the products, win by selling security business valuable in a scalable architectural approach with best of breed products and threat intelligence with Cisco. Profit from an ongoing relationship with your customers today.